Good morning. Welcome to Simply Remarkable, our multi-live streaming show that comes to you every Friday, and we're excited to be here. It was created by Remarkable, a speakers bureau, and I'm Sue Falcone, your host today and founder and CEO of Remarkable. Now, why did we create this show? We created this show for you. We wanted to showcase the talent that we represent and book at Remarkable so you could get to know them as personally as we do. And you get to see how remarkable they really are and how they can help you be remarkable too. That's so exciting because we never know. You could be live here with us looking for a speaker, looking for a talent. And you might just find it right here. We never know. Or you might know someone that is. So we're excited about being here and being able to showcase to you a very special person today. Now, this is the first of December. Can you believe it? The year is almost gone. Woo. But our active chat line is open. We welcome you to put your questions, your comments, shout outs. Let us know you're there. Some of you just like to listen. That's okay, too. We're, we're happy with that because we see later that you comment. So we're good. We're good with that. Now, today's guest is the remarkable Stephen Howard. Now, he's a global award-winning leadership speaker, corporate trainer, best award-winning author, and he was named to the list of the top 200 biggest global voices on leadership by the Leaders Home Network. The honor was in recognition of his thought-provoking and leading-edge thinking on leadership called Human Leadership. He is an award-winning author of 22 leadership, business, and motivational books and is the recipient of the Global Communicator Award from Global Business News. I want to welcome Stephen to our show today. Thanks for coming, Stephen. Thank you, Sue. I'm excited. You got me all, all excited here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I love it. I love it. And where are you coming to us from today? Well, act today I'm actually in Mexico City. I divide my time between Southern California and Mexico City. So I'm flying back to California on Monday. Oh, wow. We're coming from Mexico. Yeah. Mexico City. This is good. Buenos dias. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> Hola. Okay. All right. Thanks. And now we're just going to jump right in because this 30 minutes goes by so fast. And we want to make sure we, we get to hear all the things, all the good news that you have to bring us. Now, Stephen, where did you grow up and who was the greatest influence in your life? Well, I grew up in this little town in the western part of the United States you might have heard of called Las Vegas. I went there when I was like seven years old, uh, went through all the way through high school, went to university there, uh, graduated from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. So that's where I grew up. Uh, you know, like a lot of people, I think one of the biggest influences in my life, particularly growing up, was obviously my father. My father was a fiction writer. He wrote, uh, he wrote 21 novels and about 200 short stories, uh, mystery stories. He was in the Mystery Writers of America Hall of Fame, actually. So, And uh, that's probably the reason I have 22 books. Dad wrote 21, and I had to get one, one more than him. 
That's so awesome. That I didn't know that about you. See, I learned so much, <laughs> and so do you, audience. That you get to know them personally. And welcome to Tony. Thank you for joining us today, Tony. And uh, when you said that, <laughs> I'm a, I, I love reading mysteries. <laughs> okay, guess what? I read his books. Okay, here we are. We didn't know that connection. So isn't that exciting? That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So he was really a great influence. And now you've beat him on the numbers, but you have more coming too. Now, Stephen, you bring to the leadership arena lots of global experience. We're already global right here. How was living in, because I understand you've lived in Singapore, Australia, Mexico City, and certainly the United States. But how has that helped you in sharing your messages for leaders of today? It was, it's been a great experience. And, you know, I got very lucky. I moved in, I moved to Singapore I was like 23 years old, uh, was running a regional operation for a major U.S. company. Uh, the, the experience, Sue, has been absolutely fabulous in that I think one of my biggest takeaways is understanding that we have more in common as human beings around the world than we have differences, and that applies to leadership. But the other thing when I coach leaders and I, you know, I speak to group of, of leaders is, uh, is how, to, how to communicate cross-culturally and, and how to understand the ways that we need to re interact with people. I, I did a um, program a couple months ago for a U.S. company that had operations in India. And the, the Indian managers and the U.S. American managers, they just were not communicating with each other. And they, they didn't understand that they have different styles of communications. And, you know, for instance, the easiest one is to, you know, India is a collectivist society. They will they'll want to spend five or 10 minutes just talking, getting to know each other. And of course, typically in America, we want to get to the business. You know, we got 20 minutes for this meeting. Let's get to the point. And, you know, they were frustrating each other uh, with each, each one wanting to run the meeting their own way. And that's so true. So those communication skills are really important, but we have to understand them, too. So that's, I, I <laughs> yeah, and and just appreciate that we have, you know we really do have more in common. If we can find those commonalities, it's uh, it's a lot easier to lead people. When we don't, uh, we focus on the differences, which are typically minute. Like that's a minute difference. You can overcome that once you understand it. Uh, so it's it's getting to the heart of understanding each other a bit better. And I think that's in all areas because we we've, we've learned that. Uh, recently our broadcast director and I have and uh so we're learning how to how to do that and and that's key because that's the value of being in this life with people that are different <laughs> they don't look like you they don't think like you they don't talk like you <laughs> you know so it's like okay what what is it that we can communicate so thank you for sharing that now Stephen you have that award-winning book called human leadership I love that word. I'm learning more about it. You hold up your book, but I want to make sure that what is human leadership and where did you come up with that unique word and concept? I, I'm fascinated. Well, I created the word that's not in the dictionary yet. I'm hoping we can get it in the dictionary. It's human, H-U-M-O-N-Y, and I, I created it. 
I was literally sitting on my balcony watching the sun go down with a glass of red wine. And I was thinking about the harmony I was experiencing in my life. This is during COVID and, and, and thinking about the workplace and thinking that there's really not harmony in the workplace. And I was thinking about one of the major things coming out of the COVID is that we understand that we have to lead people. We're leading human beings. I think that's one of the silver linings coming out of the pandemic. So I combined human, uh, humanity, and harmony into a word called humany. And it's a people-centric approach to leadership. Doesn't mean you don't focus on results. Doesn't mean you're not trying to get results. It's not uh, airy-fairy type leadership, but it is a focus on people first and understanding that very simply, you don't manage people. You manage things, you manage processes, you manage policies, you manage procedures, you manage projects, but you lead people. And if you can change your mindset and get your head around that as a leader, it doesn't matter if you're leading three people on a team, a 30-person department, or a 300-person organization. Leading people don't manage people because quite simply, no one, Sue, wakes up in the morning and says, I can't wait to be managed by my boss today. And certainly no one goes to work hoping to be micromanaged by their boss. So it's a different approach, a different mindset to leadership. That's true. That is so true. So we don't want to be managed. You no. know, we don't want to be controlled. We want to um, have a leader. So thank you for sharing that because it's so key today. That's because leadership by far in our, in our bureau and probably other all the other bureaus and every out there is the top topic that people are, are wanting to know more about it because it's been a lot of changes and a lot of things happening. So we're right in on that edge and your uniqueness brings that out. So I'm sure that's why you book very quickly. So that, that's the thing, you know, they want to know that. Now, today, people always ask me this. So when they want speakers or want us to propose or whatever, I said, well, I always, you know, they tell me what their top challenge is. So what do you think, do you see as the top challenge of leadership today? And what are some of the solutions to overcome it? That's an outstanding question, Sue. And, and it's the one I, I get approached with all the time. And it, it's the it's probably a two-part answer in honesty. One, the old school of managing people simply is not working. If you, if you continue to manage people, you'll be successful short term, but you're going to burn your people out. And this is what has been one of the leading causes and research shows this of the great resignation and the quiet quitting trends. And what people have to grapple with is the cost of recruiting, um, hiring, onboarding, people who to replace staff who've left. That's a huge time cost. It's a huge financial cost. And so what I focus on is by changing your leadership mindset and doing the people-centered things that I talk about, I can show you that you will, re you will reduce the attrition of your employees. You will increase engagement. You'll increase innovation. You'll increase creativity. And most importantly, you'll increase collaborative cooperation within your business unit or within your company. So those are the benefits of it. That's the key. That's what they're looking for. They're looking mm -hmm. for what is it that we can do that's going to benefit everybody. So thank you for sharing that because we get that ask all the time. Yeah. And so that's that's what people. So we know they either haven't found it 
or they've tried others and it didn't work, you know, or, or whatever. So we just keep working out there to send them the best that we can that can help them. And I know that you can do that. I know you can do that. Yeah, that, that's their biggest pain point. So and one of the things I tell people is you know, people want to know what the value is that they provide in their jobs. If you don't tell people how they're providing value, their jobs become mundane. They become routine and they leave, particularly IT people, the, the turnover in IT. And I'm not talking about Silicon Valley. I'm talking about the IT people in other organizations, like the IT people in a, a Walgreens or a CVS or a, a, a Ford Motor Company. They're, they're churning people in the IT departments because no one's showing them what value are they providing. They're just saying, Go, go change this website page, go, go create this cybersecurity software, go do this, go do this, go do this. And it's all, it becomes routine to them. And so you have high churn, high employee turnover. Exactly. And we've had some experience with IT, <laughs> with a new website. And um, yeah, we have to remember, you know, they are people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they are valuable because I can't do what they do. <laughs> so, you know, I need to reward what they're doing, you know, so they'll keep doing it for me. Mm -hmm. And so thanks. Thanks for sharing that, because I think that's key that we don't we don't do that well mm -hmm. of making sure people feel they're valued. Exactly. So thank you for sharing that, because that's key. That's key. Now. Stephen, we featured you in our corporate blog yesterday and we found one that we really liked and it was called it's time to change our mindsets about leadership skills. Tell us what changes do we need to make in our mindset about leadership skills today? You kind of hit it there in the lead in your question, Sue. I mean, we're leading human beings. Uh, and we're leading human beings who have responsibilities outside the workplace. We, you know, before the pandemic, we used to talk about, yeah, we know there's work-life balance and people have a life outside work, but as long as they get their work done first, they're free to go have their life on their own time. But no, people have responsibility, whether it's caring for aged parents, uh, there's children, whether they're volunteering as a youth sports coach or, uh, you know, in their religious groups or communities, whatever the, to them, these are responsibilities. These are not hobbies. These are responsibilities. So the more that we can be flexible and, and help them fulfill those responsibilities, those non-work responsibilities, they're going to come into the workplace more motivated, uh, more committed, less worried uh, rather than coming in the door and thinking, oh my God, how am I going to, how am I going to finish today's work and get to that softball practice I have to coach today? And is my boss going to get angry if I take time off? You know, if your boss understands that's the responsibility, then we'll work around that. We'll figure out how you can still get your job done, meet your commitments to the company, to our customers, internal, external, and meet your responsibilities outside the workplace. So that, that's, that's a huge mindset change, but that's what's required today to, if you want to keep people loyal and if you want to keep people motivated. Right. Because they do have a life rather than work. Yeah. Yeah. And responsibilities. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they want to keep those and that's that work-life balance. But really to me, there's never been like a balance. It's, it's, it's all together, <laughs> you know, and you got to realize that. So thank you for sharing that. Now on the skill part, what used to be called soft skills <laughs> are no longer that. So share a little bit about how we change from our mindset of viewing what soft skills are and how important they are today. 
I think what those skills are essential skills today, and they include things like resiliency. How do you bounce back? Uh, adaptability, flexibility. Uh, you can't predict what's going to happen in the in the next few months, if, certainly not the next few years. Uh, so I think you'd be an agile leader, and I'm not talking about agile from a software technical process standpoint. I'm talking about Agile being quick on your feet. How can you prepare to pivot in advance? Uh, those are the skills that are needed. But most importantly, uh, the communication skills as a leader. You know, we often look at leaders who communicate as great orators and get their point of view across or, you know, rah, 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 the troops. The two most important skills for a leader today are listening and asking questions, understanding what the people that report to them what they're facing, what are the hurdles, what are the obstacles, how can I help clear those obstacles for them? So it, that's, again, a slight mindset change, but it's also, again, a, a, a different skill focus, focusing on different elements of communicating uh, to make sure that you're, lead, again, leading people rather than managing them and, and micromanaging them. That is so key. That is so key because you know, we've, we've got to realize that. We've got to realize that in our workplace today. And we need to have some joy, you know, in, in, in doing that. And that's the the key because we want to, you know, like they say, we live with our work partners more than we live, you know, all around. So we have to have to make sure that we do that. Now, you mentioned something before we went on this show. And I said, I didn't know that. And I'm always love to learn about people. I've always loved that. And I love history. So with that, I um, we spoke a lot about that you were at one time a corporate event planner. <laughs> I'm like, yay. And recently we were uh, commended by one of our biggest clients that they loved our speakers that came and the talent that we provide them because they were aware of what an event planner and what events really have to go through to make it happen and that they were that. So tell us about your experiences as an event planner and how that has helped you and can help other speakers know how to face the challenges that are going to come because it's very competitive out there as we know that today how are you going to have an edge there but tell us about your ex corporate event planning experience well as you know i lived in singapore for 21 years and when i left the corporate world i started a consultancy in asia and one of my biggest clients was mastercard and i ended up being their event organizer for i think seven years and every year we'd run five to six events around different cities in Asia. So that made it even more complicated. We might be running an event in May in Kuala Lumpur and then an event in June in Tokyo or something like that. And these events had as many as 1,300 people over four days. So I know what it's like to sit on that side of the business and, and, and every, you know, things go wrong. There's technical hiccups. Uh, people run late. Uh, you know, I... Uh, I had a rehearsal one time for a dance group that was going to do the opening segment the next morning and they showed up like 90 minutes late for their rehearsal. So, so I think one of the advantages I have is that I understand the event planner. So I will show up on time. If, if they're running late, I don't get angry. I don't, I don't double book myself. I mean, if I'm at somebody's site to do a, a keynote talk or something, uh, you know, it's not like, Hey, I have half an hour for a workshop because I have to go do a virtual talk in 25 or in, in 45 minutes or something like that. No, because you know, it's not going to be on time. So you, you, you kind of 
cover that. You budget for that time-wise. And, and, you know, I just bring a book with me to read or bring my Kindle to read, and I'll sit there quietly and read while, you know, they're running behind until they finally say, Stephen, would you like to do a technical check? Sure, I'm ready now. Let's do it. Um, so that's – and that's what I think speakers should understand. I mean, all speakers should understand that the event organizers, the conference planners, they're under – particularly on-site, they're under so much stress. There's so much going on. Things never run 100% smoothly. Or, or the client changes their mind. You know, the client suddenly comes with an idea, you know, they want to change change something on the agenda. So talk about being agile. I mean, leaders can learn a lot about agility from conference planners and meeting planners, uh, quite frankly. So just be prepared for that. Work with them, help them out. So that's that's my attitude. I just go in there and I I, I anticipate there's going to be problems. So it, it 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 keeps me from being stressed out, and it, and I don't stress out the meeting planner. That's true. That's true. As being a former corporate event planner as well as a speaker, I've got that background to know. Oh golly, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing today. Sorry, but the other thing today with the with the chaos in the particularly in the United States in the travel industry, I always arrive the night before. I you know I, I did a talk back in August and I was a, like two o'clock at two thirty in the afternoon on the agenda. I still came in the night before. I'm not going to fly in the morning of an afternoon presentation because all you need is one misconnection. All you need is a, you know the engine delay on a plane that it's nobody's fault. I mean you know engines have problems and uh, but you get delays and so I will always come in the night before um doesn't matter you could put me on as the dinner speaker and I'll still come in the night before just to make sure I'm there and if something goes wrong I can still get there the next morning right and you never know sometimes we've had our speakers have to fill in for something okay mm. and they're there and can do it you yeah. know because things happen and we know that you know and and that's the beauty of looking at it from that perspective. And I think that's what event planners and vice presidents of all organizations and all that hire speakers to come, they face that. And uh, also, uh, yeah, we, we understand event planners and who we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, they're in the top five of top stress jobs, you know, and I can understand why, you know, because that's, that's just the, the way it rolls. And today, a lot of them um, don't last as, you know, they don't pick to choose to do that for as long as they used to, because yes. it's, it is, it's, it's a very, because you're not only pleasing the client, your company, you have to please the audience. I mean, everything comes right back to that event planner. And uh, so that's that's I'm so glad that uh, at Remarkable that we have talent that understand that because that's key. That's key to helping me and it's key to helping you book your own or go through us because that's that's key. Yeah. Now, Stephen, in looking back, what is it? that makes you smile about where you are at today? Wow. Um, I, I think just that harmony. I mean, I've, I've, I've found a place in my life with some harmony and, and I, I, I wake up with gratitude every morning. I, I actually do usually spend about 25 to 35 minutes doing a little bit of meditative reading as I kick off my day and, 
and I you know, look out the window. I often get to see the sunrise because I'm a morning person and the sunrise makes me grateful. And so I think that that's what makes me smile is, is that I think the other thing is, I guess, more personally, less spiritually would be my the message about humanity is resonating with people. I mean, the book is selling. I'm getting people ask me to, to come talk to them. I even just a few weeks ago, I I picked up I'm um, doing a two day thing in Southern California next week uh, because they like the concept of, of humanity. Uh, they like the concept of they people changing their mindsets about leadership. Now, it's not too much about changing. It's about enhancing their mindsets more than anything. And people are really understanding that this is important if they want long-term sustainable success. As I said before, you can be, you can remain a bully boss and still be, you know, the person who slams the desk and, and yells and screams and you'll be successful for the short term, but at what cost? And it's going to be at the cost of losing a lot of good people and at the cost of replacing all those people financially. So that's a, it's a better way of leading and I'm, I'm smiling because people are resonating with that message. Well, I'm certainly smiling to have you on our bureau. I can assure you that. Now in closing, I told you this goes by fast. Um, what will you do today to be remarkable? You know, I was so excited about being here on this show soon. I actually was here an hour ago. <laughs> I, I, Started I, early. I wrote it down on my on my calendar and so I'm, I'm really excited about being remarkable. I think today, um, you know, this is the first of December. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bit in the holiday mood, but uh, in honesty, I'm going to be remarkable with my significant other. We're going to spend some some quality time this afternoon, uh, and 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 then we've got plans for the weekend. So we're going to just spend some time together. I'm going to kind of take off the business hat. Like I said, I have to fly on Monday back to California, so it's a, I'm going to spend today and tomorrow and you know Sunday. We're going to do the Christmas tree de you know, decorations, everything. So yeah, I'm going to be remarkable with my significant other today, and she hopefully she'll appreciate it. <laughs> I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will. And that's that's key because we want you to have that family time as well because you book quickly. And uh, that's that's how we roll. That's how this industry rolls. Now, and to our audience that is here with us, our challenge to you today is what are you going to do to be remarkable? You might have already heard some things that you could pick up on to do. We'd love for you to take a minute, put it in the chat or send us a comment because we'd love to know the impact of being remarkable and focusing on it has on your life. And thanks so much again, Stephen, for joining us today, beginning a new month of holidays and the ending of 2023. And I'm so excited that you're joining our bureau and we're announcing that today. We're so excited to do that. And you can contact us right here um, to at uh, this current web uh, address to book him because he books quickly and you can see why. And the thing is, this is so exciting for us because we have big news coming. We will have a brand new website launched next week. And Stephen will be featured on that new website because this show will be on that homepage, the rebroadcast, so that you can see and hear again. But that is our big welcome to you, Stephen, that we can do this. We're so excited to have you here. 
and that and we wish you happy holidays merry christmas and uh we're we've started getting in the spirit a little bit we're snowman people even <laughs> today where i'm at in north carolina it's very chilly it kind of looks like snow out there but we're not supposed to get any they said no we're warming up again I said, but my little snowman, they, they love it, you know, and they get to stay out all winter. See, so I don't have to, I don't have to undecorate, you know, really quick on some things. So that's, that's been cool to us too. So again, we thank you everyone for joining us today. And we hope, uh, Stephen, you're going to have a great family time this weekend and we'll be, we'll be talking with you and I can't wait to have you on our bureau officially launched and everyone we hope though that you will join us back next friday december the 8th it rolls along when our featured guest will be another new addition to our bureau and you'll you'll be excited to hear her because he is um a global award-winning flow strategy. I have to get this right. Flow strategy, keynote speaker, and violinist. Yes, she actually brings music to your event. She's a global thought leader. She's a TEDx talker, executive coach, and you won't want to miss our conversation with her. And she just might bring a little Christmas music to us as well. So you won't want to miss that. And we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, because you won't miss an episode and you can go back just in case you might have missed anything that Stephen had to share with us and you want to hear it. It's going to be right up there permanently for you to do that. And also all the videos of our talent that we represent are there so you can see their in-person appearances and be able to see how remarkable they really are and at Remarkable. We want to just want to thank you because we are so honored for the opportunity to partner with you and create a remarkable experience of a lifetime at the events that we send our speakers and our talent to for your clients and audiences. It's just been a remarkable journey and it's not ending. And I'm so excited. We have future future going and I just celebrated, uh, a milestone in my career. This is my 56th year in the workplace without any break or interruption. Done a lot of things, but hey, there's more to come and the best is yet to come. So we hope that you have a remarkable holiday weekend and we will see you next Friday. Thanks. Thanks, Thank Stephen. Thank you, Sue.